Welcome to the fifth and final installment of our series of Shurim on Sim Gimel in Bar Malchus, the Rebbe's famous monumental Sicha on the Shita Sarambam, Penegea to Miracles Lost at Lavoy. And we left off in the last year, we articulated the Rebbe's essential Chiddush. And the essential Chiddush is. And even in the Rambam's view, there is a miraculous element to the Moisa Mashiach, but that this miraculous element only comes in a later Tkufa, in a later epoch, with a later stage within the Messianic era, within the epoch known as the Moisa Mashiach. Right? The, the era known as Olam Haba, the world to come, that's Neshama Yisbaloi Gufum, that's a completely transcendent reality in the Rambam's view, not the Ramban or Chsidis, but the Rambam's view. Is a transcendent reality. It's not without bodies and no physical world. Yemoisa Mashiach, in its initial stages, is without any miracles, because the gather of Yemoisa Mashiach, the gather of Mashiach, I'm sorry, the person, and therefore the time and era that he ushers in is just the restoration of halacha. I shouldn't say the word just, but it's a uh, qualified by the restoration of halacha and Jewish observance, Torah observance, which essentially comes down to the restoration of Malchus Beis David, the Sanhedrin, the Beis of Mashiach, uh, the Beis Amikdash, Kabbanis, and so on and so forth. And because as a halachic ideal, it does not include miracles, as we discussed in the last year, the Iker halacha exists in a world that's without miracles, not a transcendent world, but a regular world. And therefore, from the halachic perspective, the world that Mashiach ushers in is a completely natural world in which everything stays the same, other than the fact that we can now serve Hashem properly and completely in its totality, which essentially means we have to be autonomous under Malchus based love. But because we have from Chazal certain prophecies that are literal about Yemoise Mashiach, Namely, trees that, bear, that don't bear fruit today, <clears throat> when Mashiach comes, they will bear fruit. And likewise, we have Maimari Chazal, which give us a timeline for Tchiyas HaMesim. So it isn't enough to just say, as the Rambam writes in the Geras, Tchiyas HaMesim, that Hashem will bring Tchiyas HaMesim whenever He wants. But Tchiyas although that's true, because Hashem could do whatever He wants, and again, we'll discuss that later in today's year. But from Halachic perspective, there has to be a time for, for Tres HaMesim. But that Tres HaMesim isn't the halachic phenomenon. And therefore, it's not included in Helchus Malachim, but it still exists within the Yemois Mashiach in an era post the halachic era of Yemois Mashiach and the second Tkufa of Yemois Mashiach. I shouldn't say post halachic, but in the sense that it's not part of the halachic requirements of Mashiach's arrival. Not even that the world should be miraculous at the time, but certainly he doesn't have to do it himself, as we discussed at length in the previous show. So now, in today's year, that we're going to address in the first sif, something related to the Gemara that we mentioned earlier, which has the Mahalikis between Shmuel and Chibar Abba, um, as to whether Yemois Mashiach is going to entail miracles. That was going to make a comment about that. 
And then the Rebbe is going to get to what we've been kept on talking about in the past, and I kept on mentioning that the is going to address it soon, is what the Rambam meant in Egeret Ches and Mesa. So let's see. Tess above. Apiha now, based on the above, you told it's in Yenosef, will be understood or answered another question. The Gemara Hanal, the Gemara mentioned before, Machlek is between Shmuel and Chibarabah, calling the Vilman Yisav Ele Beisim Mashiach, where Chibarabah says that all the miracles described by the prophets are in the time of the Beisim Mashiach and Elam Haba, Ayn Lairasa, the Kings of Lasachas, beyond the imagination, beyond the vision even of the prophets. And Shmuel says that Ain Ben Elam Haba, Beisim Mashiach, El Shimmalch is Bavat, that all the prophets and the prophecies that describe miracles go into Elam Haba, or in the Rambam's view, go into the second Kufa of Yemaisa Mashiach. But the first Kufa of Yemaisa Mashiach is the same as our world, other than the fact that we are a sovereign nation who can serve Hashem in full halachic uh, requirement. So, there says afterwards another Machlaikis involving prophecies of our prophets and also involving Rabchiyabar Abba in the name of Rabbi but there it says, Omer Bhibaraba Murbechanon, Abhibaraba said in the Rubechanon, Kolanavim Kulam, all of the prophets, like Nivis, like Nisnavu, their prophecies were all limited to the Balichuva for the Baltishuva. Abat Sadikim Kaburim, but those who never seen, Ain Lara Salakim Zulasaka, their reward is so great, no prophet can even imagine it. So Rabhibaraba puts Sadikim at a higher level. Balichuva get what the prophets have promised. Which matches up with what Rabbi Baraba said is Yemoisa Mashiach and Sadiqum Gmurim, Ain Lodosal Kim Zulasacha. Even prophets cannot see that, which matches up with Elam Haba. I'm not saying that the Balchiva has to only go to Mashiach and the Tzadik only goes to Elam Haba, I'm just saying that it lines up and I'm making that point for preempting what Rabbi Baraka said. So, Opliga Rabbi Bo, the Gemara continues that this is a disputation with Rabbi Bo. So, Rabbi Bo, for Rabbi Bo, he said, Magam Balchiva, Imdim. The place where the stands, and the place where the tzaddik stands, the place where the Balchava stands, the tzaddik does not stand. So the Rabbi Bo puts the tzaddik at a higher, I'm sorry, at Balchava at a higher level. Okay, now Rabbi Bo does not say anything with respect to what the what Ayn Lerosa refers to. Right, I was talking about in the context of the prophets, what the prophecies have prophesied about. Versus, I'm not What the prophecies prophesize about according to Rabbi Chibar Abba is for Ba'i Chuba. And Tadikim are higher. And I'm not also looking to Rabbi Bo makes no comment about this. He just states that Ba'i Chuba are higher. But the Rebbe puts in the footnote, 77, that Rabbi Bo takes the post like I'm not also looking to and puts it in Ba'i Chuba. So, the Rebbe basically is saying that Rabbi Bo is not just arguing with Rabbi Chibar Abba with respect to who's higher, Tzadik of Baal Chuba, but they're actually the inverse of each other. So if Rabbi, Bo, if Rabbi Chibar Abba puts Ayn Lerasa Lekim Zulasecha to Tzadikim, that the reward for Tzadikim is beyond the, what the prophets can prophesize, then Rabbi Bo takes that and puts the Baal Chuba. And Lechoda, the Rebbe is doing this um, for to, to preempt what he's about to say now. It's like an introduction to what he's about to say now. So let, let's put a pin in that for a second, but I want to look at the other Ha'ara, 78. Okay, so the Ramam Gersa is not, uh, the Lashon of the Gemara was 
tzadikim gemurim enim oimdim. The match the Rambam's lashon is ain't tzadikim gemurim yecharlum lamid. The chen who betuktusik betuktuki seifrim. So the book that has very precise gersois, rachesh shamet gilyan. Okay, so the Rambam's gersa seems to be the more precise one that ain't tzadikim gemurim yecharlum lamid. The beer appears obvious. Not just that not that not just that tzadikim technically aren't in the level of the level of alchim, but they actually can't be on the level of alchim. And many places in the Lashon is Sadikim Gmorim Ein Yecharlam Lamed Shom. Consistent with Rambam in that both Chassidus and Rambam are saying that not just Sadikim aren't the place in Malchiva, but they can't even be in the place of Malchiva Ein Yecharlam. But the difference is where you put the word Ein. In the Rambam Lashon, the Ein is before the word Sadikim Ein Sadikim Gmorim. Whereas in Chassidus, the Lashon is Sadikim Gmorim Ein Yecharlam. So is the Ein going on the Tzadik? Or is the aim going on the Yechelen? It's an interesting deal. You know, we can think of some uh, suggested explanations as to what exactly the deal is, the differences. But just kind of planting the seed as to what I'm thinking, the word aim is going on the Tzadik Gomer, as in it's a lack of the Tzadik, and that's why he can't go. But the reality is in Yechelen, as in the, the ain is going on the capacity that's available, not any lacking in the tzaddik gomer, as opposed to ain tzaddik gomer, as if the tzaddik himself is in the category of ain. I, 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 I mean, if anybody has any other explanation or has seen something, feel free to share. That's, uh, that's what I'm thinking. And I'm just, just curious if there are the uh, fines necessary to make that deal here. Okay, so back to our discussion. So again, Harder 77, the Rebbe says that Rebbe Bo is the, inver- the inverse of Rebbe Chibaraba says that Ayn al-Rasa wa kimzul al-Sakha goes on tzaddikim. Tzaddikim are higher than the Bali Chiba. And Rabbo, where the Rebbe teaching is, says that the Bali Chiba are higher. That's what the Gemara said. And the Rebbe says that if Rabbo follows what Chibaraba is saying, that Bali Chiba are higher, then that's where he's putting Ayn al-Rasa wa kimzul al-Sakha. That the, what Bali Chiba are going to get is beyond what any prophet can even prophesize. And this, the Rebbe is doing for what he's about to say now. Because they're basically putting the two machlekes in, but they get to Yemaisi Mashiach versus Elam Haba, Rabbi Chibaraba and Shmuel, making them parallel with the machlekes they're about, with the same machlekes about what the prophets can prophesize about in the next statement, where Rabbi Chibaraba is arguing with Rabbi Bo. Because it's two statements, Rabbi Chibaraba are brought one after the other, where Rabbi Chibaraba and Rabbi Chibaraba first said, that the prophets are talking about Yemaisa Mashiach, but Elam Haba, Ayn Lerasa, and then Rabbi Chibar, and that's arguing with Shmuel. And then the Gemara brings another statement from Rabbi Chibar, Rabbi Yechanan, that the prophets only talked about Balik Chibar, but Sadiq and Gemurim, and Yechalim, which happens to be arguing with Rabbi Bo, Mashmash Shneya, Shiyesh, Toshachapin, Zelotinin. There's a connection between the two Machlekes, this and Meris. And she told us, she'll come up, Nevi'im, Lenin, Sabah, Lemaisa Mashiach, in line with Rabbi Chibar, Rabbi's opinion that the prophets only talk about Yemashiach. But Elam Haba that follows that we must say, and the fact that the Gemara brings the two together means that if you follow the Chibar Abba, that the Navim are limited to Yemais Mashiach, but Ayn Lerasa, Lakim Zulasacha, but again, Elam Haba, then you have to say the same thing. Shkhan of him, Kulon Tavla, Lamal Chiba, that the Navim are limited to Mal Chiba. But Sadiqim Gurim, Ein Chilam Lamet, and Loike Rababo, the Loike Shmuel. So Shmuel is like Alabo, and Chibar Abba obviously is saying, as he's saying. Right, this is. In other words, there's, there's kind of a chiddush in this, and that the Rebbe is saying that Shmuel and Rabbah are the same. In other words, the fact that Rabbi Chibar Abba is the same as Rabbi Chibar Abba is clear, right? There's two statements from Rabbi Chibar Abba that both go the same, that both go together. But then 
the implication that they're taking from this is, and that's what I think that was highlighting in Harder 77, is that Rabo and Shmuel go together. Now, if that's the case, now it becomes a kasha. Even though the Rambam Paskins, like he quotes of Chibaraba, that the prophecies about miracles are all limited to Yemais Mashiach. But, but, um, but he also, who, but nonetheless, who Paisik, he also Paskins in Hilchas Shuva that so when it comes to the first machlekes between Rabbi Chibar and Shmuel, he quotes Shmuel, he quotes Rabbi Chibar even though he also quotes Shmuel elsewhere, and that's why the Rebbe said it's two kufis. But the point he quotes Rabbi Chibar that call an aviyam, call an aviyam, call an aviyam, that the prophecies are only about the Messiah Mashiach. Now, if we said before that Rabbi Chibar Abba, as we said before, Rabbi Chibar is consistent with Rabbi Chibar Abba. So Rabbi Chibar Abba says the prophets only talk about the Messiah Mashiach, and he himself later says that the prophets are only talking about tzaddikim. Uh, only talk about Bali Chuba, meaning Tzadikim are higher, then if you say the prophecies are about Yemarish Mashiach, then you should say Tzadikim are higher. That should be the, that should be the follow-up. But unless he paskins, the Bali Chuba are higher. Like Abba So now the Rebbe says, about Piyanal Yub Muvan, based on the fact that, that when the Rambam quotes Yechibar Abba, it's not a rejection of Shmuel, because Takar the Rambam maintains that in, that in Ben, um, that ain't been in the Mahabad Mashiach, Elishim Malchus Bavad, and Elim Kumun Hagenog. So I quote to Bechibar Abba also. That's not, that's, not a, that's not a, as opposed to Shmuel, that's Lerot Kufa. So based on that, now we could say that the inconsistency breaks down. Right? The consistency that if you stick with Bechibar Abba when you say that the prophets are only talking about Yemesh Mashiach, and therefore you also must say that Sadiqim are higher, that's only if you say that the prophets are talking about the totality of Yemesh Mashiach. But if you say that the, that the prophets are talking about Yemais Mashiach, but only in the later Tkofa, but in the earlier Tkofa, you're following Shmuel, that it's then you don't have to follow Rabbi Chibar Abba, you can go to Rabbi Bo because you're also holding it to Shmuel. That's basically what they're saying. Rabbi Chibar Abba, Rabbi Chibar Abba, Rabbi Chibar Abba, Rabbi Chibar Abba, Rabbi Abba, which said in argument with Rabbi Bo, that Sadiqim are higher in Balai Chuba, Harei Zilashitosa, Shikabit Chilasim, Yemais Mashiach, Yibut Mamalagashilam, Al Zenis Avakalam Nevi'im. That's only Lashitosa. To the idea that the totality of Yemais Mashiach, even at the beginning, is full of miracles. But according to the Rambam, that the beginning of Yemais Mashiach is Elam Kenoganog, like Shmuel. So Ein Zemachriach, he's not compelled to take the other end of Rabbi Chibar Abba's opinion because he doesn't take the whole opinion of Rabbi Chibar Abba in the first clause. So therefore, Ein Zemachriach is thinking Gudel Balat Shuvah, and therefore he's not compelled to say that Sadiqim are higher than Balat Okay, then remember the ends here. It doesn't give an explanation as to why you would say one or the other. Like, why? Because you say, like, let me just says the fact that the Gemara puts these two machlekes together means they're consistent. It doesn't explain why. Like, why, if you say your Moisim Mashiach is totally miraculous, you have to put Sadiqim Gemara higher? And why, if you say that the first part of Moisim Mashiach is not miraculous, therefore you put Balai Chuba higher? The floor is open to explaining this. Which leads me to my next question, which is, why did I be compelled to put the Sif? Like, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? So he passed like a bow. <laughs> what's the problem? Like, even if he passed like a Chibar Abba and this Machlekes and a bow and the other, like, what's the problem? Why did they have to do this whole thing? And the Pashtas, I think the reason is because a huge part of this whole Sikha has been context. The whole reason why they ever concluded that Ilan Israq, where the Gemara said that Ilan Israq and Teres Kainim said Ilan Israq are going to start bearing fruit when Mashiach comes, the whole reason why the Rebbe insisted on that is because the context of the Gemara. 
So if we're going to if we're going to argue that the context of the Gemara shapes the meaning of the Gemara, then the context of two statements of Abba Abba coming consistently one of the other, both of which have a pligi de first pligi de shmu pligi de rabo, then you have to be consistent. And if you have to be consistent, then the Rambam also has to be consistent, right? And if we're going to be consistent, then we also have 171, 77, in which we're actually going to line Rabba Bo with Shmuel and say that Rabba Bo is putting to give the whole, all the statements their full context of each other and still substantiate the Rambam's view because, again, the Rambam is actually like a kind of hybrid, which is why he can take bits and pieces of both because the first half of the Mashiach is talking no miracles and the second half there are. So because the second half are the second half there are therefore you can say that the prophets are only talking about mashiach because the second half has miracles but because the first half doesn't have miracles he doesn't have to take the other statement of Abba, which is that tzaddikim are higher and therefore you can say like, like Abba Bo, that fellowship are higher that's the hoda why that this whole sif is there because i mean without the sif the sikha would continue to flow i mean the pashtas you can try it we read the sikha without the sif and you'll see the sikha flows um but i think they're adding it for this person for this uh, for this purpose Okay, look at, let's look at Harder 80 now. Now, time was Shalaram lifts the Karababo, Rahim Mubu Bepshit is become Bukam Bistadach, Reilok of Tisach is held to Dal on 361 Vailach. Okay, so if you want to know why the Ramah passed himself above Bow, that while it's over or higher, see, look at the Sechis. Right? Because at this point, Ramam can go both ways. Because he has because in the Machlokis of Yemois and Mashiach, he has the first, first half like Shmuel, that no change, and second half like Rabbi Chibar Abba, that there is miracles. So when it comes to the next Machlokis, even if the two Machlokis are consistent, he can choose one over the other. Ramam couldn't choose any. He can choose Rabbi Chibar Abba because he still holds like Rabbi Chibar Abba in the first case, at least in the second half of the second half of Yemois and Mashiach. Or he can choose to Paskin like Rabbi Bo, as he does, because the first half of Yemois and Mashiach is like Shmuel. But still, why did I'm compelled to pass on the Kabbalah And the fact that Chassidus does. So let's look at the source. So look at the Sikhs in Aesophis. It was Chelek Yadalid, page 361. So I wrote here, after the Rebbe brings three different ways of explaining the Rambam, why passing the Kabbalah rather than like Rebbe Abba, especially since Kabbalah is a later from, from a later generation. Right? I don't remember exactly. But the Rebbe gives three different reasons and rejects them all. The Rebbe gives three reasons and, and rejects them. The three reasons given are not the Rebbe's original reasons. They're reasons that come from previous generations. The Rebbe explains why each of them don't satisfy. Then the Rebbe writes, What seems to me is based on that which is known. That when it comes to you know, the, the rules of how you pass them from Gemara, is that Allah the Shas Babli Nagat Yashami Hamidrasha? So if this machlik is between the Gemara, the Babli, and the Yashami, or the Midrashim, we follow Babli. But Medvar Mamorim, this is only true for Shibara Dabu Babli. If Babli is unequivocal about a statement, then you follow Babli over other sources, either Shalmi or Midrashim. Av Machlaikis, but if the Babli leaves it in doubt, either because the Machlaik is ambiguous or Sophic for Babli, the Sophic be Yashami. Then, so let's say the, the Babli is unclear, but another source, the Yerushalmi, is clear, or even if the Yerushalmi is not clear. 
then you go with you go with that which is most uh, most um, conclusive in a statement rather than the one that's more ambiguous. So he said that, but therefore, the same thing is true here. The Gemara leaves machlekes, whether it's a dikam or higher or bar chuvar higher. But the Zayar knocked it pshitus, but the Zayar says with unequivocally the das rabbo the makam b'shabat chuvar chulu that bar chuvar or higher. Well, lachain came paskin, and that's why paskin this way because we have two sources: you have the Zayar and you have the Gemara. Gemara leaves it ambiguous because it leaves it a machlekes. The Rebbe versus Rabbo, and the Zayar says it uh, unqualified. Unequivocal that by Chiver are higher, which is why we follow that opinion. That's what the Rebbe says. Then the Rebbe says, Rebbe stay Chemed Kolei Aposkim, Soif Marachas Kolei Arambam, Im Yesh Novi Mokod Verambam and Azayar. See the stay Chemed, where there he discusses whether or not you can make the case that the Rambam were Paskin from the Zayar. So this is interesting, and that's why I'm sharing it, something I found interesting. The Stei Chemed brings back and forth, uh, brings those who claim that the Rambam did see the Zoyar, and they cite to a certain Psagdin, and they get to someone who's angry, um, that the Rambam followed the Zoyar, because the Rambam's quote is more like the Zoyar than it is like the Gemara, but the Gemara gives a qualifier, the Zoyar doesn't. And then the Rambam quotes those who say that, so then the Stei Chemed, I'm sorry, quotes those who say that the Rambam did not see the Zoyar. And the Stechemet concludes, Al Kapon the movement Shadas Harav. Okay, here. If Rakasafi, I've already written, says this, says Stechemet in the earlier paragraph, Shein Daiti Admiya Noichabazer. Then my humble opinion does not follow this. Lefima Shemirim Divar Bonamanal, based on the opinions mentioned before about when the Zoya was with Gala and who saw it and who didn't, it seems that I'm the Zoya. The, it, see, it seems, therefore, says the Stei Chemed, that this Ram did not see the Zayar. Interesting. The Rebbe is telling us that the, the Rebbe tells us here in our Sikha, and you want to know why the Ramam passed in that way, look and look at the Sikhas. And look at the Sikhas, the Rebbe gives three reasons and rejects those reasons. The fourth reason, which is his own opinion, over there, the Rebbe tells us to look in Stei Chemed, where actually the Stei Chemed says you can't, that the Ramam can't follow the Zayar, or the Ramam doesn't follow the Zayar. Which maybe, by the way, the lashon over here is l'chein kain paskinam. We paskin that way. I'm not saying it's the Rambam and Chassidus paskin that way. It says l'chein kain paskinam. Therefore, we paskin that way because we're following the Zayar. But see the Stechemed. We're loved after that's the reason for the Rambam. Just pointing out something that's interesting. Then the Rebbe brings a shalom, which uh, says that Rabbi Chibar Abba, or Rabbi Yechonon, and Rabbi Bo, Rabbi Chibar Abba speaking in Rabbi Yechonon. We're not arguing, but right, if Malchiva does like ah out of love, then the Malchiva is higher. But if the Tzadigomor is greater than the Malchiva, Malchiva the Tshuva out of Yida. And this there says, is explained. A piece of the word and mashim b'dach and b'vur b'shitus the bal tshuva gedolim. Why? Because the Rambam is talking about a high level of tshuva. K'mosh kosev of nechmon lefnei boidis for chilul lechotam boilam. And likewise in chassidus, it talks about someone who's doing tshuva at a high level. The malach bal tshuva al tzadikim gurim b'tshuva ilo, which is a high level of tshuva. 
Nikesha Shuva and then Perek Zion of Tanya. So this is an answer that actually works out both for Chassidus and the Rambam in the Kloli Apsak, uh, Kloli Aposkim, without relying on the Zohar, which as Teichemet said is not, uh, it doesn't seem to him that the Rambam would quote the Zohar, or that the Rambam even saw the Zohar. By the way, they were discussing elsewhere if the Rambam saw the Zohar or not, and we're leaving the discussion out, just uh, citing what the Rebbe quotes here, there's Miguel Oy, they were talking about this, but that's not for now. At any rate, the basic view is that the Rebbe and Abuchia, Baraba and Abuchia are not arguing. When they say that Sadiq Omar is higher, that's if the Balchiva did it out of Yudah, out of fear. But if Balchiva did it out of Ava, then it's higher. And Taka, whatever Chsidis says, the Balchiva is higher than Sadiq, is talking about someone that's at a very high level of Chuva, Ilah, high, high level of Chuva, which the Alter writes in Perek Zion, which I have quoted here, that the person that is, is so deeply burdened, uh, pained by his sin, that the sin itself becomes fuel for his love. And that's why it's because the very sins themselves are propelling him to do Teshuvah because he can't believe how far he is. And this is a very deep level of that goes is mighty quite a bit, uh, such a high and very intense level of Teshuvah Ma'ava. And that's when we say that that's when we say that So therefore there's no really between the two. And that would explain that the Rambam passing the because it's in context of that level of Teshuvah. But it would seem that's not how the Rebbe is learning over here. Because over here in our Sikha, the Rebbe is learning that the Rambam Paschal Kababo is, well, well, first of all, the Rebbe is learning here that the two Machlekes match up. So Rebbe Chibar Abba's is, is the same thing as Machlekes with Rebbe Chibar Abba and Abba. But over here, the Shalah is saying that it's not a Machlekes, which is consistent with what we learned about the Shalah earlier. You'll remember in one of the previous shirts we quoted the Shalah, which said that even Shmuel thinks there's going to be miracles. I never quoted in one of the artists. They recorded a Shalah. Yeah, it's in Ha'ara 66. You can go back and have a look at it. But they never said that that's not the Rambam's opinion because um, he talks about people being born after El Vashvi and staying alive, where the Rambam says, so that, that doesn't fit with the Rambam. But nonetheless, the Shalah is consistent in that both the both Machlekes in Abba and Shmuel and Abba and Abba, he says they're not actual Machlekes and Taichis, the word Pliga, not to mean arguing, but actually they're split in their, in their, in their, in what they're talking about. Pliga meaning a split rather than an argument, which is a chiddush, and that's the Rebbe says over here. Derech adu b'shnei fa'amana. The teva is a pliga b'sugi b'zudu brachas pirushish mochulakim b'nyaneim b'leshichalakim zalazet. The word pliga becomes translated, not that they are arguing, but they're but that they're discussing different issues. Right? That's ish. That's the problem. That's the, the problem, so to speak, with the shalos explanation. But days. The, the problem, so to speak, with the Rebbe's explanation is that we're using the Zohar to make a conclusive halacha, especially if you're going to say with the Stechemah that the Rambam himself didn't see the Zohar. Okay. That's just the side pulpal, really. I hope that was somewhat clear. Now it's back to the Sikh itself. Now we finally get to understanding what the Rambam wrote in his letter to Chesam Mesim, where there he writes that Hashem could do, first of all, the Rambam writes that the miracle, the fact that we said that miracles are not going to occur and that's all natural, says the Rambam is ain't zehech I'm not, I'm a thousand percent certain that that's the case. No, 
I'm speculating, you know, I, I rather, he, he talks about, um, we talked about this one of the previous shurim. He would rather explain things in natural phenomenon rather than ascribe it to miracles. And because he liked to make Torah and rationality and natural phenomenon fit together rather than be at odds with each other. Um, but who knows, maybe God will do it. Not like I have some sort of Kabbalah that, that's gonna be, that, that there's not going to be any miracles. Maybe there will be miracles and if Hashem wants to do it, he'll do it. And um, if Tchis Mason, when Tchis Mason is going to happen, that's God's business. I'm just writing that what Mashiach required to do halakhically. That whole, um, that whole uh, thing, that whole, that whole talk and that letter that we read in one of the previous years. So we need to understand that based on what the Rebbe said now, which is a very systematic program. There's the natural state of Mashiach survival, where there's the restoration of halakha. And then there's the second stage of the second Mashiach, which has all the miracles. And then finally, Lamhaba and Rambam's view, which is Nishamis Balaikuf. So we need to understand how the Geras Chis Mason fits into this whole discussion. So let's look in Tezayim. After all the above, the following still requires explanation. Before the biggest lack question, about answers asks it in a different way, um, but it's going to come to what the Rambam wrote. Because we just finished saying that together the Mashiach is Kashla Das Rambam, in the Rambam's view, is Bakak Shalom right? It's integral to Mashiach survival if his job is to restore halacha and restore Jewish observance then it's integral that the world remain natural. Because if the world doesn't remain natural, then it's not proper halachic observance. So then, So why is it required that there be another tukufa in which there will be miracles? Moreover, another question in the same vein, the Iker, this is the primary question, what's the great cause that's going to cause this great transition in which there's a natural state, the world flows, it's going all naturally, a king arrives, restores the Eden to serving Hashem properly, and all of a sudden there's this break and natural phenomenon begins. Why? What, what's going to cause a change? So I, I think the, like the, the change in these two questions and why there's an Iker on the second question, maybe, is because the first question is like, why you're asking the Rambam why there's going to be miracles in the second Tukufa? Well, the reason, the reason why the Rambam is mochrich to say that there's miracles in the second Tukufa is because the Gemara said there's going to be miracles, so he has to place them somewhere, right? And Hashem said there's going to be Tukufah, so he has to place it somewhere, which was machrich to say there's a second Tukufah. But the primary question is, why is it that the sources are compelling us to say that there's a change in, in, in between the first and second Tukufah, that all of a sudden there's going to be miracles? Why is it that we're being compelled to say this? Like, what, what's, what's the reason, what's the, the Havana behind the fact that the Gemara, and therefore the Rambam, insists that there is a miraculous element to Yemaisa Mashiach, even if it's only going to be in a later Tukufa? What's, what's, the, what's the, the, the cause and effect that requires us to say this is what's going to happen? Says the Rebbe, we'll understand this, by first understanding what I'm wrote in Mason which we had occasion to talk about and read in previous Shurim, and I briefly gave her a summary before, which is the Rambam writes that Hashem can do whatever he wants, and the fact that the Rambam writes in his Sefer Hayat that the miracles, that the prophecies 
such as Gerizim and Kevish, are all, are all parable. And there it says the Rambam in the letter, our words in this regard are not absolute. But it could be that way. God can do whatever he wants. That's basically the gist of what the Rambam writes there. You're talking, she's come to It's possible that it will happen literally. So in 82, they've actually given us two different translations. I mentioned this in, the, in one of the previous years when we read the guest, when we read the guest, in the first time I mentioned that it was originally written in Arabic. And the quote here comes from the Kapach translation, which is a more recent translation. But the Targum of Shmuel ibn Tibin, which is a much more ancient translation, um, is right? for, for generations, is Shmuel. The Ibn Tibbin family was responsible for many translations of the Arabic writings into Russian Akkadish, including the Ramam's writings. And in more recent years, um, Kapach uh, took that on. And uh, I think now Kapach's translations are more commonly cited. As you can see here, it's being cited by the Rebbe. Okay, so the Ramam writes that the fact that we claim that all these prophecies are only, spec are only uh, parable, only metaphorical, the Rambam writes that that's only speculation. I'm not 100% certain that's the case. Now, Lahoda says the Rebbe, seemingly, based on that which we said in Sifid Alpha Beis, that because Mashiach, as the person, his job is to restore halacha, therefore any prophecies related to him, the person, or any prophecies related to the era in which he arrives, such as the prophecy of Gerizim and Kevesh, which comes after the, the Prophet says, that there's going to be the progeny of Yishai, of David, who's going to re-arrive, which is Mashiach, the person. And when he arrives, the world must be in a natural state because that's the way we're going to restore halacha. Then, and we are compelled to say that when Mashiach arrives, the world's not going to be miraculous. So why you... Because Mashiach's objective is to, is to bring new phenomena to the world, yes, but only as the world remains natural, new in the sense, new phenomena to the world in the sense that we're now going to serve Hashem properly, we're now going to have the base Migdash, and we're now going to have the, the Malchus based of it, but the world has to be natural for that time. It has to be. So why would the Rambam then say that when, when we said it's in Moshe Vachidah, we didn't mean it absolutely. If Hashem wants it to be miracles. So what do you mean? It has to be natural, otherwise you just undermine your whole vision for what Mashiach is. Your whole vision for Mashiach is that he's restoring, restoring Jewish observance, restoring halacha, is dependent on the fact that the world's going to remain natural. And now in your letter, you're undermining that by saying, well, if God wants, he can throw the whole thing out and make miracles. You're undermining your whole vision, of, your whole vision for Mashiach. So what's going on? It's almost the opposite question to what the Rebbe asked at the beginning of the Sif. The beginning of the Sif over here, the Rebbe asked, what's going to cause the transition to miracles. And now that I'm asking, um, why, are you, why are you okay with saying that miracles are going to happen right away? Because that's the I'm right. Maybe God will do miracles right away. We have to maintain a natural order. So I said that I have a beautiful idea. And this is really going to wrap up the whole entire Havana, this whole Sikha. The might say, Habir Bezad explanation. The Dua Divya Gemara, the Gemara, this is a very famous Gemara, Gemara and Tanhedrin, Gabi Stiris, Absukim, and they get to the seeming contradiction of Absukim. The one Prosik says, that the Mashiach is going to arrive on clouds 
heavenly clouds, like a man, kabarinish, like a human being, Asa is going to arrive. So possibly Daniel. And the Pasek says elsewhere, the is going to come riding with a poor man on a donkey. Says the Gemara, if the Jews are in a state of merit, then Mashiach will come on clouds of glory. If the Jews are in a state where they are not meritorious, the Mashiach will arrive with a poor man riding on a donkey. Uh, and in this way, the Gemara answers many different seeming contradictions. In the Psukim, where one place it seems like it's going to be miraculous, like you see here, there are the clouds. In some places, it seems like it's going to be natural phenomenon. Says the Gemara, if we're meritorious, the miracle version. If we are not meritorious, the non-miracle version. The same thing is true. It can be applied to everything about Mashiach, not just the specific things the Gemara mentions, but everything. When didn't find themselves in a state of merit, then the entirety of Mashiach's arrival happens in a whole other fashion, in a completely miraculous, transcendent way. But if not, then it comes natural. So let's see. Mahara 88 there tells us to see Kresi Plesi and Oitzir Balam to Ein Yaakov. So let's see what they were talking about here. So first the Rambam writes in Hilchus Malachim Perikid Beis, which I'm sure we all learned here as in preparation for learning this whole Dvar Malchus. At the beginning of the Kuntras, Dvar Malchus, these two Prochim are printed there. Kaponim Perikid Beis, Halacha Beis, Perikid Beis, says the Rambam. Okay, we quote Shmuel that the world's not going to change. It seems from the simple reading of the prophets, that at the beginning of the Messianic era, it seems after Mashiach arrived, but somewhat the beginning, there's going to be this war called Whatever that war is, is not for now, but it's a war described in the prophets. And at the beginning of this war, I'm sorry, before this war, before this war, a prophet will arise to straighten the way of the Jewish people and to prepare their hearts for Mashiach's coming. God says, behold, I'm going to send for you of the other prophet. He's going to come and inspire Teshuvah. His job is to bring peace in the world, to bring Teshuvah. Which is the same uh, setup as where it says, So that's one opinion that Mashiach arrives and Eliyahu arrives, and then there's Goyko Mogad. Now, there are others that say, that Eliyahu is going to come before Mashiach. Then the Ram says, We don't know how it's going to happen. When it happens, we'll know. And um, there were talks about this as well elsewhere. Okay, bottom line is that the Ramah brings two days, whether Eliyahu and Navi comes before Mashiach's arrival or after Mashiach's arrival before Gogol Mogad. Two opinions the Ramah brings down. Now let's see the crazy place that the Ramah the told us to look at. It was written by Yonis and Eipschitz. It's uh, printed in the back of Shulchan Aruch, um, together with like Kuntus Asvekas and Simon Kofiud, all about Yonis Vekas and Halacha and Tereb Klaal. It 
that which the Rambam writes in the Hulks of which we just saw. In another Muchlot, it's not absolutely certain whether Eliyahu is going to come before Mashiach or after. After Gemara Amru the Gemara Tham said it. Seemingly, the Gemara is saying that Eliyahu comes first. If you don't know now which the Chazal say, this is the Chazal that I just quoted from Sanhedrin. The Pasuk says that Mashiach is going to come uh, instantaneously. I'm sorry, uh, means in its, two, in its due time. Achishena, instantaneously. So is it in its due time or is it instantaneously? If it's instantaneously, it implies it's early. So says the Gemara, the Jews are not in a meritorious time. It'll come in its due time. Hashem gives a clock when Mashiach is going to come, and Mashiach will come regardless of whether we're deserving. But if we're deserving, Achishena, in the flash of an eye, comes instantaneously. Okay, and this is the same Gemara which reconciles the discussion that I quoted earlier about whether there's Mashiach on clouds or on a donkey. And therefore, says the Rebbe, therefore, says the Timtar, the Rishon Raibshit, the Sir, the Rambam, the Rambam's review, but I certainly say there, Tanoi Bis Mashiach. Certainly, it's the order and the condition for Mashiach's survival. That first Leo has to come and arrive and inform us that Mashiach's coming to prepare our hearts and to invoke Chuba. That's only if Mashiach's coming on its due date. So, before its due date, Leo and Abiyah arrives to prepare us. But if the generation meritorious, Hashem is going to quickly hasten and bring about the Gola. Hashem's going to jump over mountains, quoting what he's paraphrasing the Pasuk. They change the order. And the love that Hashem feels for the Yidin, who are meritorious, changes the structure, and Hashem says, send Mashiach right away without an Elio's arrival first. And this is what Rama meant. Certainly, it's appropriate, according to the Seder, that Eliyahu becomes first. It's not, it's not a fixed structure. Hashem is going to decide. That's it. I'm just bringing it in without waiting. And similarly, in the Itzabalim, I couldn't find it on the library there, so I had. I, Relied on um, the kovis that they gave out, which had the panuchim. There it says, The word achishena means instantaneously alter right away. When all yidin are meritorious, every the tshuva Hashem Mashiach comes right away. All the kavanah the liyom basar bal to the yom shlefnei shlefana. I we paskin that the liyom is going to come early. And after kashia be that's only if it comes on its due date. And we're going to be zayicha to the instantaneous arrival of Mashiach. As the Mashiach, Mashiach will come without any need for any preparation. Okay, so that's the rights in Hara eighty-eight. Suppose they're supporting this idea from earlier sources to take that which the Gemara said in distinguishing between zochul and loy zochul, and expanding it to other areas that aren't limited to what the Gemara talked about. Or the other areas the Gemara mentions. Um, but here you can see from these sources that they expand this to other areas also, which the Gemara didn't discuss. The Gemara didn't discuss a machleke, so to speak, if a Leon never comes first or not. But they learned it into the Gemara anyway. So therefore, we can take that and expand it to Machlal. If the Rabbah, then 
if the inaugural situation of Zohu, then all the entirety of rival Mashiach is in a miraculous way right from the start. Then there puts in parentheses something else, which is not not really the subject here. It's a subject in Lakota Sikhs elsewhere. So in Hara Rock 100, Debra tells us to go to Lakota Sikhs Chelotitches and to look up the sources there. And there, there besides even other places in Lakota Sikhs where the same issue is addressed. So we're not going to look mamish at all the sources on this thing, except for the ones that there is Mairach on. That we will look up. So a component of this is this. Shazahu, this um, explanation, splitting between the Yidin in the state of Zohu versus the Yidin in the state of Loi Zohu, is one of the ways of reconciling the dispute with respect to who builds the Besin Megdosh when Mashiach comes. There's a number of places, and Hara 89 there lists, like, lists all the places. Muva, we're going to see some of them soon. Muva, it says, This is a Lashon of Rashi, right? It's a Lashon of Rashi in Gemara and Sukkah. That Mashiach, that Bezmedish is waiting in, in, in heaven, waiting to descend. In other places, it's quoted, that's the Rambam writes, and we learned that in Hilchas Balachim. The Rambam writes that Mashiach has to build Mashiach, Mashiach later make Dosh. Okay. So, how do you reconcile these two views? Does God build a base Midrash and it's waiting for it to come down, or does human beings build it under the guidance of Mashiach? Says the Rebbe, we can explain this based on this phenomenon as well. This can be dependent on the two different modes of Mashiach's arrival. If the Jews are in the state of Zahu, or the Galavi of Mishamayim, this Midrash descends from heaven. But if the Jews are not in the state of Zahu, then the building will be done by human beings. Through Mashiach. Okay, so there's a puts between Bidei Adam and Aidei Mashiach, and that will become clear in the footnotes. What what's they're doing here between Bidei Adam and Mashiach? What's the difference and what's well, what's exactly going on? Let's see. First, R39. That tells us to look at a Medrash, when the Medrash is a story of Bishu ben Hananya, who was anticipating to actually build a base Medrash himself. And Lahore, that's a Maiser Rav, that human beings are going to build it because he's a human being. In fact, he wasn't even waiting for Mashiach, as we're going to see in the next footnote. So let's look up that Medrash. The Medrash, as you can see here, I quoted the Medrash in its entirety here. It's uh, mostly Aramaic word, which I'm not super familiar with. So I found a nice translation here. So let's read it in English. In the days of Rishub and Hananya, the Roman state ordered, but I just want to note, this is something important, that when it says Roman state, in the Hebrew, it's Malchus Harashah, the wicked kingdom. That's an important note. Okay, so Nezir Rishub Hananya, the wicked state, ordered the temple to be rebuilt. Papus and Lulianus set up tables, like uh, money lending tables, it seems, from Akko as far as Antioch, some other location, and provided those who came up from the exile, from Babylonia, from Babel, with all their needs, because they're coming back to rebuild the base of as as uh, the, low, as the uh, Roman government allowed. So thereupon, uh, the Kutim, the Samaritans, went and warned the emperor, be it known now unto the king, that if this rebellious city be built and the walls finished, then they will not pay tribute. They won't pay uh, Minda, they won't pay uh, Bello, and they won't tell, pay the Halak. And this is quoting from Ezra, 
where these are three different types of tax, taxes. Minda, Bello, and Chalak are different types of taxes. Okay, so they basically tell the Roman emperor, if you let the Jews build a business, they're not gonna build, they're not gonna pay your taxes. So the Roman emperor said, well, yeah, what can I do? Said he, seeing that I already gave the order. So they told him, send the command to them that they must change its site or add five cubits there, there too, or lessen it by five cubits. Those are your options. Don't build a base ministry where you had planned, where the second and third and first base ministry were. Build it somewhere else, or make it five cubits smaller or five cubits bigger. And when you do that, and then they will draw from it on their own accord because they can't follow the proper halacha and their understanding. The Romans are not going to be super forgiving <laughs> if you don't follow the exact instructions. Okay, so now the Eden were assembled in the plain of base Rimon. When the royal dispatches arrived, they burst out weeping. They lost their opportunity to build the third base Mindash and wanted to revolt against the Romans, against the Roman power. This, by the way, is all even before Bar Kokhba. It's after the second base Mindash is destroyed, but before Bar Kokhba's rebellion. So thereupon, this is where Rabbi Hananya is. We're going to see in a minute exactly where Rabbi Hananya is positioned, but that's where he is. So thereupon, the sages decided, let a wise man go and calm down the community, pacify the community. So they said, they said, let Rabbi Hananya go, because he's a master of Tanakh, he's a master uh, Rav, he'll calm down. So he went, and I'm not sure what this word in his English, I had to look it up, and it basically means he gave him a lecture, like a strong lecture. And he said, a marshal, a wild lion killed an animal, and a bone stuck in his throat. So thereupon the, the lion proclaims, I will reward anyone who removes it. An Egyptian heron is a kind of bird, uh, which has a long beak, came and pulled it out and demanded the reward. So go, said the lion, you will be able to boast that you entered the lion's mouth in peace and came out in peace. So in other words, uh, we actually negotiated enough that the Romans should allow us to build the Bismillah, and now we're, we have, we're being compelled to take it back. And in the meantime, we have this whole scuffle without getting hurt, that's enough. Let us be satisfied that we enter into dealings with these people in peace and have emerged in peace, and that's good enough. Okay, so all this is the story that if Shubhachananya was ready to build Bismillah. So let's see the Rebbe is 93. Based on this, and saying that there's a difference between Zohu and Loizohu. If Loizohu, then human beings build the base Midrash. The Jews build the base Midrash. If Zohu, it comes down from Shemayim. So now we understand. According to the opinion which says that the base Midrash is going to come down from heaven, if you don't have the answer of Zohu versus Loizohu, you have the following question. The Medrash said, we just looked at that Medrash. They were all ready to build this Medrash as we saw, and they had this situation set up for people to come get what they needed, these tables. And they were ready to deliver this Medrash. And he didn't say, well, Romans are asking us to build this Medrash, but no, we're going to do, we're going to wait for Mashiach, we're going to wait for Mashiach to come, or we're going to wait for it to come down from heaven. If the opinion which says that the base Midrash comes down from Shemayim, this, this Midrash raises a serious contradiction. It's a Maiserav. You always pass like, you know, this is Maiserav. Uh, usually pass by Maiserav when you see a Tamil Chacham quoted in, in, in our in, in Midrashim or in Gemara, where the Tamil Chacham was behaved a certain way. So here we see the Shemachnanya. Himself was ready to build the base of Midrash without waiting for it to come down from Shemayim. And that's right, which is a major theory. It's a major question. The opinion which says 
that the base of Medrash is going to come down from heaven. So, but now, based on the fact that we can split between Zohu and Loi Zohu, that if Loi Zohu, then human beings build it. If Zohu, then it comes down from Shemayim, then we, must, then we can understand. The Loi Zohu. The Yidim were not in the state of Zohu exactly during the time of Shubach it's right after the destruction. And the base ministry was destroyed because the Yidim were not in the state of Zohu. So it wasn't as if they were in a state of Zohu, which Hashem was granted, you know, they were, you know, they, they, um, Hashem was in response to their chuvas making sweeping changes to the reality to allow them to be, build the Bismidosh. And in that situation, then, then, they, then it would have come down from Shemayim. But because they actually had to wait for the Malchus Harashah to give them permission, and therefore them as human beings, we're ready to build the base Middash because the Yidin are not in the state of Zohar, but at least we have the base Middash. Okay. Now the Rebbe in the footnote, in the parentheses, tells us to look at the Minchas Chinuch Mitzvah Sadake, which quotes this Medrash, and he quotes it in the context of Halacha, meaning that this Medrash shouldn't just be chalked up as a Medrash and we don't follow it, but it's a Halacha, and therefore poses a Maiserav, that's Halacha. So how does the Minchas Chinuch say it to get to Halacha? It's a very interesting Minchas Chinuch. So it's Mitzvah Tzadake, right? which is the mitzvah of building a base of So he writes, In Yaram, the Rambam Khan, Pergimel, Kosav, Sarav Machaber, that's the author. Khan Kosav, Pergimel, Kosav, Surah Samanera, he writes the way the Menera should be built, should be, should be uh, he, he describes the, the um, making of the Menera, Be'er Hayte very well, Begam Surah Sashokhan, the Surah Samit Be'chazov, Mikzer Tzas, a little bit shorter, he describes a little bit of all these different kalim in the base midrash. Ayn Sham, but when it comes to describing the Aaron, doesn't say anything. Why? He says in Pasha, the whole ilah kalim, how you call pamachere. It's clear that every time they had these kalim in base midrash, each time was different. It's not as if the second base midrash inherited all the kalim from the first one. And moreover, even within the second base midrash, they lost the kalim that they had. They lost a lot of their kalim, and they didn't have enough money to make a golden minera. They, they made a brass one. It was a, uh, yeah, barzel. And then they got richer, and they were able to increase the, um, um, in, increase the, 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 the beauty of the, of the minera. So the point being, and it wasn't as if the same minera was built once by Moshe Rabbeinu and then stayed forever till the end of the second base midrash. Not true. It changed. So in Cain, Sichem Leda Hadinim, which means you have to know the halachas because you can have to build one. And as the Bechus says, Galim Efshe Shim Yitnu Amalchus Roshos Live Nice Base Midrash Mitzvah of Nice. It's quite possible that if the local government will allow us to build base midrash, we actually should. Mavor b'Medrash, Yemevu Shemachnanya, the Nosnei Roshos Veischil Live Nice, Veischil Live Nice that she started building. Okay. Whether people actually want to go to your and make bring carbonus. But Avalbata Oren, take a even the Nignizua Eidos, the Loy Yisro Oid, Advias Agob, Menu Amen, because the Oren was buried deep down uh, before this first business was destroyed. Maybe, and it's going to be hidden in the ground until Mashiach comes, maybe speedily in our days. And therefore, the Osama Oilam Oren Acher, never again did they make a new Oren. Ever since they have the one from Moshe Rabbeinu, and therefore Shavya Goyel, Mehavim, 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 Meh
So because when Mashiach comes, we're just going to restore the, the same art. Because when Mashiach comes, we're going to restore the same art that Moshe had been built. Therefore, no reason to know the halachas. So why know the halachas of Kaleha Mikdash? Says the Menchus because you might have to actually build it even during Managolas. And what says Rai, you might have to build it during Managolas? In the story of Rishub HaChananya. So the Rebbe citing to this Menchus I think, tell us that this story of Rishub HaChananya is not just a Midrashic story that we can just write off as a Medrash, but it's actually halachic in nature. Just on a sidebar, you should know that the Rebbe has his own view of, as to why we should be learning Hilchatesi Bechira. And if there's a book called Chedishim Abudim from the Rebbe and Hilchatesi Bechira, the first sikha there discusses this issue. And I quote the main section here. And essentially, the Rebbe writes, right, he quotes the, okay, let's just read the section. It's very nice. And I, I, right here, from what I saw from that sikha, the Rebbe did not cite to this Menchatesi if I could be, I'm wrong, but I don't think there was like that Mechaskinoch in that Sikha. But then there was like this. Right? The mitzvah of Shanti Pesachim goes for all generations. So, Mutl Chilval Yisrael, the Mitzvah Midosh. We have a Chil to build a Mitzvah Midosh. And therefore, when the reality is that we can't build a Mitzvah Midosh, because of situations that work that beyond our control, then the obligation becomes to learn or read about the Bismillah. It's as if you're actually building the Bismillah. It's not as if because we can't build the Bismillah, at least we're going to learn about it. And to be rewarded, in some sort of spiritual connection, because we can't do it, we're going to talk about it, and Hashem is going to give us reward as if we did. No, no, no. The actual reading of it is part of the Gedder building it. And then it goes on to explain why and how that is. Um, and this includes all Chalakim of the Bismillah, including the Aram, to the best of my knowledge. Um, so I, I think that the Rebbe's explanation for why we learn why the Rebbe pushed for it is different than in Chaschinoch. It's not because we might have to build it during Golis, but because the learning in itself fulfills the mitzvah. We have a mitzvah to build it. So in other words, in Chaschinoch is saying, give a mitzvah to build it. You're not fulfilling it, but you may need to fulfill it. And because you may need to fulfill it, if you, need, you, know, you need to know the halachas. The Rebbe is saying that the actual learning of the halachas itself is a chilek of fulfilling the mitzvah to build the base midrash. Okay, that's just a sidebar. Okay, so, Ara 94, where there, 94, the Rebbe said that if uh, Mashiach comes, then if of Zaku, then this midrash comes down from heaven. If we are loizaku, then it's built by human beings, and in parentheses, they said that they Mashiach. Okay, so where does this idea come from? So this is Colossian Rambam Sham. The Rambam Paskin tells Balakim, you all read it, that Mashiach himself, one of his jobs is to build the base of Midrash. This is Rabbi Kiva's opinion in the Medrash by Yikra and the Medrash Rabba by Midbar, mentioned in a previous order. I think it should say. Um, 89. Yeah, that's the Pasha. So this list where he lists, it's 89. No, it's not 89, actually. It's 90. It's 91. It's 91 where he lists the opinions that um, it's going to be built by So there, 91, that's where it brings these sources. And two of them is by Rabba and Midbar Rabba. Where there, it says that Mashiach is going to build it. 
But in the other places, Lenin and Mashiach, Mashiach doesn't mention Mashiach. Okay, and by saying that it's Rabbi Lezer, And this explains why Rabbi Shubhanani was willing to build a Bismidosh without Mashiach. So, first of all, it explains in the previous order, we explained why Rabbi Shubhanani didn't wait for it to come down from Anana Shemaya because it's a state of Lezachu. But the real question is why didn't he wait for Mashiach to come? Answer because the fact that Mashiach is going to build a Bismidosh is not an absolute fact from the, from, the, from, the, you know, from the original sources going back to Moshe Rabbein. But it's a chidush of uh, Rabbi Lezer, the Talmud Vasek. Rabbi Lezer, she is Rabbi This is a chidush of Rabbi Lezer, which only becomes halacha after the time of Rabbi Shubhananya. But in the times of Rabbi Shubhananya, the halacha didn't have to fall that way because it wasn't a chidush as of yet. And therefore, uh, he didn't have to wait for Mashiach to come. And because they were loizachu, he didn't have to wait for it to come down from heaven. Now, here's the interesting thing. Let's look at that medrash. So the Medrash, so two Midrashim, Vayikar Rabba here, and Vamidar Rabba here. I put the Pesukim that the uh, Medrash quotes to make it easier for us. And it's actually a discussion between Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shubachanya. Rabbi Lezer and Shubachanya are actually Bare Putta. They are the same generation and they argue with each other. So Rabbi Shubachanya quotes a Pesuk in. Uh, um, Okay, this Pesach I didn't quote. The Pesach is Uri Sofan Aboi Teman. Wake up, northerner, and come from the south. That's essentially the Pesach. I didn't, I didn't quote that Pesach. But uh, Rabbi Shubha Kananya quotes that Pesach as a raya for his opinion. The Gemara asked, the Medrash asked, Mama Kaim Rebelezer, the Kriya, Rabbi Shubha Kananya, Uri Sofan. So what does Rebelezer do with the Pesach that Rabbi Shubha Kananya quoted? It says the Medrash, the Shayru Agolius, that Uri Sofan waking up northern means when they will wake up from exile, when the exiled ones will wake up, which they are exiled in the north, they'll come and rest in the south. The says, Rejoice, O Jacob. Rejoice, O Yidin. Hashem redeemed you. And the Pasuk says, I'll bring you from the north. I'll gather you in from the ends of the earth. Um, either, um, there it says that the northerner, that the exiled ones are from the north and they're coming back. Then he continues further to explain this pasuk of Udri Tzafa and those who wake up from the north. So, first is those who are in exile come from the north. Number two, when Goig arrives, that war of Goig and when Goig arrives from the north, will come down and fall in the south. the you, O mortal, referring to Yecheskel. Inove, prophesies, al goig on this goig, this king goig. This is what God says. I'm going to, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to set you straight. He says, I'm going to deal with you, O goig, chief prince of Meshech. You'll be set straight. And I will turn you around and drive you on, and I will take you from the far north and lead you toward the mountains of Israel. So coming from the north down to the south. Okay, so this is the second element that's going to wake up from the north and be brought down when Mashiach comes. And the third is Melech HaMashiach Shinosim Tzofan. Melech HaMashiach himself is in Tzofan. 
You overview in the base Middash, we'll come and build the base Middash, and also the dorm, which is in the south, south of where Mashiach is. It's Pasuk and Yeshaya. Oh, I don't quote it here. Okay. That Tairesi Mitzofen, the Yoris Mizashemesh, that he's going to be woken up from the north and come from the, uh, from the, from the, from the sun, and there he'll come down south to build the base Middash. So here the Lashon is that Melech Mashiach is going to build the base Middash. Now, the interesting thing I mentioned is, is that the Rebbe says that Rabbi Shubha didn't have to follow the halach of Rebbe Lezer because Rebbe Lezer is machadish that Mashiach has to build it, not as like, this is what's for sure going to happen, but it's a chiddush that he's coming up with as a Talmud Vosik. Rebbe Lezer, Now, Rebbe Zmedaik, I think Rebbe Zmedaik here, not Rebbe Lezer, Rebbe Lezer, who himself was after this man of Rabbi Shubachanani, because he was not, as you can see, Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shubachanani are arguing. And it's not as if Rabbi Lezer was a, was a Talmud of Rabbi Shubachanani either. They were both Talmud of Rabbi Yechelem and Zakkai. You can see here, quote, the Seder Hadaris, Rabbi Lezer Godol, right, Horkinus, this is Stam Rabbi Lezer, is Talmud of Rabbi Yechelem and Zakkai. And Rabbi Shubachanani, who is Stam Yeshua in the Mishnah, is Talmud of Rabbi Yechelem and Zakkai. Rabbi Yechelem and Zakkai is the Rebbe, the transition between during the, during the destruction. So Rishim Mechananya and Lezer are right after the destruction. And Rishim Mechananya is the one who's offered the ability to rebuild the Mishmidosh before Rabbi Akiva, who's the next generation who follows Bar Kokhba. So this is the timeline. Rishim Mechananya is there at the destruction. Rishim Mechananya and Lezer are there when, they, when Rishim Mechananya gets offered to build the Mishmidosh and he's about to. It doesn't happen. And then later is Rabbi Akiva who follows Bar Kokhba. It's the next generation. Okay. So all to say that Rebbe Lezer is not like a later time after Rebbe Shemachananya. They're at the same time. But Rebbe Lezer is not, the point is he's not stating what is a fact to all. He's stating what his view is, and his view only became halacha after Rebbe Shemachananya. Meaning Rebbe Shemachananya doesn't have to take Rebbe Lezer to halacha. That's what I think Rebbe is saying here. That he's actually Mashiach Tafki, even the basement of Shuchil Shatal Vosik, Rebbe Lezer, Shayiya, Laachazman Yerushu Bachananya. This halacha will end up becoming halacha after Rabbi Shubachananya. Rabbi Shubachananya is the same time as Rabbi Lezer, but he just rejected Rabbi Lezer's opinion. Because as you can see in the Medrash, they're arguing with each other. Okay, back to the Sikha. So again, if the dinar is the matzav of Zoycha, then the whole Mishiach is miraculous. Anani Shemaya, the Bismidish comes down from heaven. You didn't fly in Anani Shemaya. We can skip the process of waiting for the Anavi straight to Mashiach because he's not Zohu. If they're Loi Zohu, then the whole Matzah of Mashiach is a natural state, lacks all miracles, human beings build the Midosh through the agency of Mashiach in accordance with the Rambam and Abelazar's view. And now, therefore, that was Raman Paskin's in Halacha, which is Sefer Halachas Halachas. Then nothing's going to change in the natural world. Because the idea of Mashiach and its arrival in general, who halacha, halacha is a definitive halacha. Halacha cannot be um, subject to conditions. If halacha is subject to conditions, then you have to state, under such and such conditions, these are the halacha, under such and such conditions, this is the halacha. Right? So certainly, you, you, you cannot make halacha conditional on what God's going to do. Because God's going to do whatever want, God wants to do. As the Rambam wrote in his letter. This is where we're going. The same thing is true in the manner in which Mashiach arrives. As a halachic phenomenon, it cannot be dependent on the situation of people. 
because the Mashiach's arrival as a halachic phenomenon that, that is required by halacha to happen, right? I think you learned the here about the Aramiklot. The Rebbe proves that the, the Mashiach has like a halachic requirement to arrive in order to fulfill the last three uh, Aramiklot. That, you know, the, the Mashiach is halachically compelled to arrive. So if a Mashiach is halachically compelled to arrive, then no matter what the situation of people are, Mashiach has to arrive because it's a halachic requirement. And therefore, that is a natural phenomenon, even if you are not in a state of Zohar, because this is the halachic reality. And if but when you're talking about the gula in a state of miraculous, where Mashiach's coming on clouds and the base minister is descending from heaven, and that is dependent on Yidin being in a state of Zohar. That's not a psak that Yidin, that, 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 that everybody's going to be in a state of Zohar. Because everything's in the hands of heaven except for, except for the fear of heaven. That before a person is born, they, it's already determined if he's going to be rich, tall, good looking, uh, all those things. But if he serves Hashem, that's not going to be predetermined. And therefore, we cannot say definitively that halakhically, all Yidin are going to be Zohu. We can't. And likewise, this is a quote from the Rambam Barashus, Right, that tells us to look in the beginning of Hukhashchuva, uh, the beginning of Perekei Hukhashchuva, where actually the entire Perek is dedicated to this fundamental tenant that human beings must have free choice. It's a very Gishmaka Perek in Hukhashchuva, oh, I didn't quote it here. It's a very Gishmaka Perek in Hukhashchuva, which I recommend reading. There's a whole chapter explaining the centrality of free choice in Judaism. Okay, Lachain, they're all to say Lachain, therefore, Haram, Matayas, Agulaba, Oifim. The Rambam writes Mashiach's arrival in a book of halacha in such a way that halachically required to come, like place the Masabin Israel, without dependency on what Yidin are doing. This is what has to happen irrespective of what goes on in the world, because this is the halacha. Mashiach must arrive, and therefore his must arrive must be independent of any other consideration. And that is the natural state of Mashiach arrival without any miracles. Okay. But it doesn't negate the fact that if Hashem wants it, there could be miracles. There could be miracles. If Hashem so decides, and especially if he knows Eichel, definitely Hashem is going to make miracles. But it's not worth describing halacha. Because again, this is going back, now we're seeing the, the, the we're starting to see the interplay between the, the Rambam in, his, in the Geras of Chais Mason versus in Rambam Sefer Halachas. You have to remember the context. Again, this whole sikh is all about context. So what's the context in which these things are said? The context in which the Rambam Paskins about what's going to happen when Mashiach comes and say for halacha, the context is halacha. And the context of halacha determines that Mashiach must come under XYZ circumstances. The fact that there are extra halachic realities of Hashem's decision-making, that's not, that doesn't belong in a book of halachas. And if we're not going to mention it in a book of halachas, elsewhere we will mention it. Where is that? So let's see. deeper still. The fact that Rambam describes Agula, the fact that Rambam writes that Mashiach is going to come, there's not going to be any change in the, in, the natural, in the natural state of order of the world. It's not because the Rambam is describing Yidin in such a down state. The Rambam doesn't, God forbid, the Rambam doesn't have such a pessimistic view of Judaism that Yidin are going to be in a bad state and therefore he's describing uh, the worst case scenario. Al rather, the Rambam's of the view. That which the Gemara said. This is Cholu. 
The fact that the Gemara says that if he didn't merit, they're going to get miracles, that the fact that they're getting it as a merit means it's not the etzim of what Mashiach is. The etzim of what Mashiach is remains Mashiach without any need for Zayich. But if you didn't know Zayich to something, when Mashiach comes, and God willing, they will be Zayich, the Rambam might, was, might say. But that merit is not the etzim gedr Mashiach. It's an additional reward because they're being Zayich. But not because that's, that's the essential definition of Mashiach. That's just, in other words, like this. it's not the Pshat. There are two definitions to Mashiach. One definition of Mashiach is when the Yidin aren't merit. And the other definition of Mashiach is when the Yidin do merit. No, no, no. There is only one halachic gather of Mashiach. He must arrive and do his job of restoring Jewish observance in the false max. Then there is the fact that Yidin Arzoicha, Hashem, on his part, will give us another schos, other merits, other rewards. But that's not the gather of Mashiach. That's number one. Number two, on the other hand, this new schos, this new merit, this new reward is not a contradiction to the gather of Mashiach. It's an addition to the fact that Mashiach is going to come because this is a halachic Indian. Hashem will give us something else, a merit, something else, a reward. But not that the two things are at odds with each other. And this is a critical chiddush here. And this is something consistent that we find in other places in the Rebbe's Torah. That's not a stilu the zachu and the loy zachu. The, zachu, the loy zachu is, is not that Yidin or Chassam on a bad state, but loy zachu is describing the definition of Mashiach, independent of how Yidin are behaving. Whether they're good or not good, this remains the gather of Mashiach, and therefore it's there even if lay Zachu. But when Zachu, the Noisif, the Etzim gather of Mashiach, that it's a halachic idea that you have to restore the Jewish observance the way Hashem wants it to be, the Noisif we get rewarded with a Zachu, with all the miracles. But not that the two, not, not that the two modes are contradictory to each other. There's one, the Noisif to each other. There's the Etzim gather, the halachic gather, and then there is the reward Hashem gives us. It's like a valid idea. It's very subtle and very deep. It's important to get it clear, especially when you learn some of the other sikhs that it talks about Mashiach. This, this Lukuda is very important. Let's see, right there. So this is the scenes. Besides Giddish and Mashiach as far as the essential qualification of what, the get, what, what exactly is the legal definition of Mashiach, the order is the world remains natural. Because, the, because what Mashiach accomplishes, as far as the halacha is concerned, is that the Torah, the Torah observance is maximized to the fullest and restored to its full glory. This is connected to the world remaining natural. And that is true even if the Eden are in the state of Zohu. Even if the Eden are in the state of Zohu, that still remains the gather of Mashiach. But because the Eden are God willing going to be in such a high level of Zohu, and no doubt all the already are, there's going to be an additional thing. In addition to the halacha gather of what Mashiach is required to do, Hashem is going to bless us something new. To show to Sephis the people of Mala Shal Yisrael extra and, uh, uh, love for the Eden. But not replacing the gather of Mashiach, but in addition to the gather of Mashiach. The halacha gather of Mashiach remains the same. But in addition, Hashem will show us his bounty love by bringing miracles because we're going to be Zohar. Now, let's go back to the issue of Beis Midrash. Before we said that the way to explain the two different opinions, Beis Midrash comes down from Mishamayim is because he's not in Zohar. Beis Midrash is built by human beings, is like Zohar, but now we're saying the two phenomena is not a contradiction. So how do we reconcile this with the Beis Midrash? Who, who builds the Beis Midrash to pile? If you didn't build the Beis Midrash, it means we're like Zohar. If it comes down from heaven, it means we're Zohar. But now we're saying, even if in the state of Zohar, it doesn't negate the, the etzim gedr of Mashiach that's halachic in nature. So how do we have a halachic face in Migdash, but at the same time, also have the zahu that it's coming down from heaven? How does that work? 
So explains the Rebbe like this, and this is something that comes up elsewhere in Lukot Tzachos as well. As I mentioned before, the Ikrasigya of this issue of the Tuvis Midrash is not really here. Um, there besides in Ara 100 to elsewhere in Lukot Tzachos. The same thing is true to the reconciliation mentioned before, with respect to the question of who's going to build the best Midrash with Mashiach comes. The explanation is not that the fact that base Midrash is going to come from heaven contradicts the fact that Mashiach is going to build it. In the same way, the miracles does not the miracles of Mashiach coming does not contradict the etzim gather of Mashiach as a halachic idea. Or rather, as far as halach is concerned, harein the base the binyan base midrash who chiyuv al mitzvah chiyuv mitzvah ben Yisrael. The the mitzvah of the base midrash, as far as halach is concerned, is a mitzvah that you didn't have. If Hashem brings the base midrash down from heaven, down from heaven, then I didn't fulfill my obligation to build the base midrash. Ukumayshin as the pasuk says, "Va'asum mikdash, make for me a mikdash." Ba'lachem pesek arambam, and if the arambam writes, "Shem Mashiach, Mashiach himself," following the Rebbe as we saw in Haar ninety four. Who Mashiach is the one that's going to bring about that in his time all of Jewish law is going to restore to the way it's supposed to be. And they appoint the king, him, Mashiach, and he builds So Melech and Mashiach, as a representative people or instructing the people, him overseeing the project, I guess, will fulfill the mitzvah that you didn't have to build the Mitzvah. And just like we said before, that the halacha gather of Mashiach remains the same. And the zahu is that Hashem adds miracles, but no yisuf So matzah the shel zahu poil heisafa. What's heisafa? Shebesoycha mikdash lamata that embedded and enclosed within the base midrash that we build with Mashiach's help. Yovavi islabish hamikdash tulamayla will be invested in there, the base midrash from heaven, invested, enclosed into the actual base midrash that you didn't build. And uh, let's look at Horror 100, you'll see. And over there, there is Mitzayan, even other places in the Kotosachos. Over there in Kilkitches, there is Mabaya, this Biur, Mubarechis. And then he tells us to look elsewhere where there's other Biur. Let's go back to Horror 99. Rebbe put it on this fact that Mashiach builds the Besim Midosh, or actually the king, the king builds the Besim Midosh. So the Rebbe tells us, look, that we all learned. Wait, do I have it here? Oh, I missed one of the hardest. Okay, so let's just go back to Hard 97, where we said that the gather of building this Midosh is, uh, the halacha gather to build this Midosh is, on, is incumbent upon Yidin. Rebbe tells us to look in Rambam Hilchos Pesachir at the beginning. But did the Rambam writes because the whole history actually said to Mrs. Sasei to build a base midrash, a house that's in which you can bring carbonis, which is a base midrash, and over there you're going to celebrate three times a year, like it says of Arsul Mikdash. And then it's then the Rambam goes on to say that in Torah it already says the Mishkan and Moshe are going to build, and that was temporary. And then. Actually, whatever he's going to write in Hara 99 is connected to this. So we'll go straight from this Hara to the next Hara. And then, so the one that the one that Moshe been built fulfilling the commandment of Boston Mikdash is Lefisha, it was temporary. And then, once he even went into Eretz Yisrael, 
and they, with Yeshua, they fought, they fought for seven years, they, they conquered, took seven years to conquer the land, and then seven years to split the land up between the different Shotim. They finally arrived in Shiloh, and they built, the, they built it there, they built the Mishkan there. And it stood there for 369 years. And then when Eli died, they moved it to Noiv. And then when Shmuel died, they, built, they moved it to Givon. And then from Givon, where Shlema HaMelech moved to the eternal home in the Yerushalayim. And Noiv and Givon together are 75 years. Okay. Then it says once the Beis is built in Yerushalayim, you can't build it anywhere else. And then over there in Halakha Dalad it says, Binyin Shemak Shlema Kam Lefosh Molochem. The Binyin, the building that Shlema Melech built, Lokem Bokem Molochem. Bechina Binyin Ha'asa Libanos, as well as the Beis that will be built, is in Yechesko. Right, in the they built a combination of what was and by that which is described in Yechesko. The point I think that I've been making from this order 97, as you can see, that is to say, the future Bismillah is still part of the mitzvah of Aslan Mikdash. So it's a command upon Yidin to build. And therefore, even if you didn't get into a matzav of Zachum, they still have the obligation halakhically to build a Bismidosh. So how did, how does this happen? They build a Bismidosh and invested in that comes the Bismidosh Meshemayim and that's the Hisofa to the halakhic gather. Just like the halakhic gather of Mashiach remains the same even if you didn't have a matzav of Zachum. that above and beyond the halakhic requirement of Mashiach, Hashem brings miracles down. Okay, and then in Haro 99, um, the Rebbe told us that the Melech built Bismidosh the Melech HaMashiach built the Besim Midosh. He told us to look in Nambam Hilchus Molochim at the beginning. The choose actually, the Rambam doesn't say, Rambam doesn't say which parak to look up in Hilchus Molochim. So maybe it means go at the beginning. Maybe it means go at the beginning. I'm going to take a second to look at this. Yeah, so I assumed when I first read the Hara that it meant to look up with the Rambam writes that Mashiach is built base midosh. But actually, the Rebbe is referring to the beginning of Helchus Malachim, Perak Aleph, where the Rambam writes, There are three mitzvahs that the Eden were commanded when they entered Israel. Number one, to appoint a king. Number two, to get rid of a malik. And number three, to build base midosh. So it would seem that that's the actual order uh, when Mashiach comes. And that connects us to look at the other citation in this Ha'ara, which is look at the Sechus Vatazayin 304, Ha'ara 49. There it is as follows. In this Sikha, the Rebbe explains how these three mitzvahs we just saw before. Are connected one to the other, and that the gather of Binyan Beis Midrash comes along with Minah uh, Melech, or as the result of that, the king is the one who has to implement the removal of Amalek and then the building of the Beis Midrash. And based on that, I've explained this whole Arichis we saw before in Rambam, where it gives us whole halacha, it gives us whole the history of Beis Midrash. The first Moshe Rabbeinu built it, and it was Nefisha. And then when the Eden came into with Yeshua, they built it in Shiloh. And then when, um, when Eli died, they moved it to Noiv. 
And then when Shmuel died, they moved it to Givon and so on, until they finally moved it to the permanent home in Yerushalayim and Harabayas. And they've explained that by saying that each of those stages actually had a king. That the gather of the Binyam Bismillah, that there be a king. This is a letter move on. It was temporary. And therefore, and therefore the obligation continued and extended into when they went there to Israel because it was only temporary, which is why it was only a tent, not of stone. And then Yeshua was actually a king. And that's why they built it. And then when they moved it to Shiloh, to Shiloh, Yidin were in a even more settled in the land of Israel. So they were, it was after they split the land up, they, they conquered the land and split it up. And that's how they were able to make it as a more permanent home. They built Bayashalavonim, not just a tent. But because Eden weren't uh, fully settled, they couldn't have it a permanent home until they finally got their permanent settling, their, 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 their permanent, uh, uh, you know, the king has to fight the war to protect Yidin, right? So finally, when they had that, then they can build the proper uh, eternal home. And then from given, they came to the Pangolin, the doesn't make given, the menu from Melech for Shlemus, by David and because the idea of Melech, was in its full integrity, which David and Shlomo, that's when they were able to build on Erech Shlomo's Hamelucha from Milcham HaSamalek. That's why they were able to build this Middash properly. But the bottom line is that the stages in uh, the Beis Middash becoming more and more permanent are in the stages of how strong the kingship, the sovereignty of Yidin were in Eretz Yisrael. And that's what it explains that history describing the Ramam over there. Let's see how 49, which is the Gea, to Mashiach. ברכינו Actually, on a higher level, the Shema Melech has, has actually been learned. Rambam said that earlier in Hilchus, in one of uh, the quotes we saw earlier in Pesh Mishnayis, that Melech Mashiach is going to be a king that uh, uh, inspires greater subservience, even in Shema Melech. And therefore, the Eden will be a true sovereign nation then. And then he built the will of the Bethlehem. And if Osavitz Leif and Etzachalom was Yosoviv, if Yitaka succeeded in getting rid of all the nations, oh, it's a bond of Bethlehem, then he built the Bethlehem. When it comes to the second base midrash, there was no king, said there because it was, an, because it was an extension of the first base midrash. But all to say that there is this idea that the king itself, as the leader of the people, is responsible to build, to build base midrash. That's a halachic requirement. But even on a matzav of zochu, then invested in that base midrash that they build, we find the base midrash from Shemayim. Now we finally get to the final sift. Now getting back to our question, we began. Earlier, which is why are we compelled to say that there's not kofi if the gather of Yemesi Mashiach is halachic and halachic 
for the world stage and the natural state. So why, why do we have to have the second stage? And what's compelling us to get there? Explain to Once Mashiach arrives, however it is, whether it's Kaful Zachu, okay, then certainly it's miraculous right away, or whether it's Chas Shalom Loi Zachu, or not Chas Shalom, let, let it be either way. But if it's not Zachu, it's certainly even our Zachu. But in theory, if it's not Zachu, and we go into Mashiach in a natural state, because there not going to be any distractions for you. No distractions that should prevent them from doing Tzadam Mitzvahs, which I'm writing in Hofas Moreover, not just no distraction, but you plan the Torah Chachma, to be open and free to learn Torah and wisdom all day. To the point that even the rest of the world, the, the world is going to be occupied nothing other than knowing Hashem. Which is why you're not going to be great chachamim, like the Pasuk says, the world's going to be filled with the knowledge of God, like the ocean is covered by the, like the seabed is covered by the ocean. So, that is Zohu. Zohu, the Eden being meritorious, is defined by what? You didn't serve Hashem properly. And what is the natural state of Mashiach coming? That you didn't serve Hashem properly. So, even if, not even if, even if, Mashiach comes in a natural progression in that we naturally get to a point where we're serving Hashem properly. At that point, we are in a state of Zohu, which therefore compels. This will automatically bring the second Kufa, which is still within the Mashiach, which then the world will change. Including the most foundational of them, the Rambam referred to it as the Indian Yisoidi. Right? So, why are we compelled? And what's the transition from Tukufa Al to Tukufa Beis? It's, 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 a, it's a cause and effect. The natural state of Mashiach's coming is that he inspired even to return to Hashem. Right? Mechazik is Bitka. Right? He, he compels everybody and inspires everybody to follow, to follow Hashem and restores serving Hashem properly in the, with the base of Migdash. And he's a Mahasthase David. There's no distractions, even they're learning Torah. Goyim are learning Torah as much as they're supposed to, as we're going to see in a minute, Mahar 103. That is, by definition, a massive of Zohu, which automatically leads, by consequence, to Hashem providing all these miracles. And that's why the Tukufa Shaniya is a direct, is, is a must after Tukufa Rishonah. Because Tukufa Rishonah is a natural state in which you can get to a point of Zohu, which is Tukufa Shaniya of miracles. Ravadik, a beautiful idea. Before we go to the final, final point, which is which we've been building up to this whole time, it's to explain what the Rabbah means in the Gersat Chesim and how it fits in with this whole beer. Before we get to let us the Hara 103. Hara 103 that tells us to look at, look at this, 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 look at the idea of Yidin learning, learning Torah, even though a Goyish Lama Torah is high Misa, but nonetheless, uh, with respect to the Yonim of Shem Mitzvah we say, I feel a little bit of a Torah, Shukur Goyim Godel. It's even that, that, he, that it's a virtue if a Goy learns those parts of Torah, at least. Right? So, the Mitzvah Torah, the Mitzvah Torah, the Mitzvah Torah, not just like, you know, in order to know how to behave, I have to learn the halachas of Shev Mitzvah No, but it actually has the virtue of learning Torah as it's being compared to the Koyim Gadol. Moreover, Ishaq is the Kesa Torah. 
יש להם ארץ, שזהו גם כמה שאנחנו מביא הכוסק כמו לא ארץ די עשר שם, לא רק לבני ישראל, כמו ארץ. לא יודעת יהיו איזה קולו, לא יהיו איזה קולו עולם, אלא דעת שם בלבד, which includes even אולמוס עולם, that they too will be involved in the knowledge of God. The Nebuch continues, a very beautiful idea. הפיזי יש לקשר, השייך חסים לספר היעד, התחלוסה, עד כדי 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 This becomes the whole Metzius, let it go to Israel. Kim b'chol o'elam kuloi, all the world. L'chol abishim b'nei Israel, am karev v'tishrit n'am neshama kadosha, kelek l'kal ma'amamesh, me'la yid, the holy neshama, m'mut shikol metzius y'dahs Hashem. Certainly he's involved in learning Hashem, in knowing Hashem. Aval eich etoch l'emer gam kem b'negei l'chol o'elam, shakol metzius y'dahs Hashem b'vad, a goi's whole entire existence in me to know Hashem. What kind of thing is it? Seh, d'rabi n'lazeh, metzak v'nei n'atzchol o'lam. Connect to the end to the, the end to the beginning. But learn them take it. What do we learn right after the end of Rambam? Go back to the beginning. And what do we learn in the beginning? We learn. Everything comes from Hashem. And the Lashon Mamsi, he brings into being. He brought into being. Connects us to the way that Rambam explains in Tanya that there's continuous creation. And this is what's going to be mitgala. When the truth of everything, which what is, we're going to be mitgala of the truth of arats, of the whole existence. And what's the truth of existence? That Hashem is behind all existence. And therefore, when you look at the physical world, what are you going to see? You're going to see the truth, which is the Dara Hashem, the word of Hashem himself. And therefore, even the Goy is going to see that truth. And therefore, the go- even the Goy is going to be completely consumed by the knowledge of Hashem. The Malik, for every time he touches, he's not going to be in a state of Zohu. But Kalei Olam Kula is going to be in a state of Zohu. Even Goy. The Valdeka in me. Now we finally conclude. So now that we established that there's the Halachic Gather of Mashiach, the Halachic Gather of Mashiach is that he restores Torah. And that's why when he arrives, the world must be in a natural state. And even if there's a matzav of Zohu, it doesn't negate the etzim gedera Mashiach, which is halachic in nature. It just means that in addition to that, Hashem is going to show us miracles. Or, if the Yidin are not Zohu, and Mashiach comes in a natural order, by the time they are in Mashiach, even in a natural order, Automatically, that's going to be Zohu, because Mashiach is going to inspire you to follow Hashem, and there's the restoration of the Machs place David, and we have the Bismillah, everybody's and Yidin, and people know about Hashem, all Yidin are, are learning about Hashem, even Goyim are learning about Hashem. That is the ultimate state of Zohu, and then from the Derech Mela, the second Tukotar writes. Now we can understand why the Rambam writes when he writes in, in context, again, this idea of context. First, we understand why the Rambam writes in, in Sefer Halach is what he, writes, what he does there and how he writes and why he writes the way he writes in the Geras Tchais and Mason and why they do not pose a contradiction but they actually go together. They complement each other. Again, therefore, we say for Ayad, in Sefer Yad, Shabbat Yad, Mariz, Barahman, Bizkidish, Mashiach, Abiyah, Asiyah, Piyah, Halacha, where the Rambam describes Mashiach's arrival and who he is as a Halachic idea. Irrespective of whether you know in Zohar or Loi Zohar, it doesn't matter. The Halachic idea of Mashiach remains the same. So what does he describe? He describes the world being in a place where it's a natural state. In tandem with the gather of Mashiach as a halachic idea. 
but in where the Rambam is no longer confined to the halacha gather of Mashiach, and he's no longer in the context of a book of halacha. So Biur Sefer Yad, but there he's giving extra explanation. So therefore he says, she ain't the Am I absolutely certain it's going to be natural? No, because maybe even will be in a zochu. She came masa shazochu. It would be a say the begolus. See if a pair will take a chilas agula. Hanagam yuchez malamayla. Because it's quite possible. First of all, certainly once you can get into a zochu, once Mashiach comes, certainly they're going to get the the miracles. But it's quite shy. Says is saying that I'm, I can't tell you for sure that what I wrote in, in Sefer Halachas is going to be the end of it. Meaning, what I wrote in Sefer Halacha remains true that the. Etzim gedr Mashiach is halachic in nature to restore service of Hashem. But is that the only element of Mashiach? No. Even right from the beginning, is Shayat is going to be more to it. If you know there's Zachu. And if right away, there will be miracles. And therefore, what I said in halacha is not, is, not, is not set in stone fact. It's only the basic gedr of Mashiach, the halachic gedr of Mashiach. But it doesn't negate that there could be a new whole other element of Yidin being Zaycha. And if right from the beginning, then in addition to the halacha get to describe, there'll be miracles. So now we see when the Rambam writes that when Mashiach comes, Hashem can do whatever he wants and bring miracles. It's not to negate what he wrote in the, in, in, in Sefer Halachas. Fakir to compliment it. The, the halacha get to Mashiach remains the halacha get to Mashiach. But says the Rambam, just because, the halach, just because Mashiach is by Allah is defined by a certain way, it doesn't mean he's limited to that description. It starts at the halachic description, but there's much more to it. And if you didn't have all the miracles right from the beginning. And if you not Zaycha from the beginning, there will be Zaycha once, once Mashiach starts. And this is the of that just like the day you left Egypt, I will show you miracles. Never tells us the pasuk is in Micha, and then never tells us to look up the Zayar and Eira Torah, and in Eira Torah actually quotes the Zayar. So let's see. And basically the. But basically, the idea of an Nuflois is that the Gilui of, of Mashiach is Apella, even in the Gilui of, of, uh, of what happened by, um, what happened by Yitzhak uh, Mitzrayim, uh, uh, and he gives the halachic, the, the, the Kabbalistic idea. But this is going to be Hashem without Beis Dinoi. Which is not just uh, Hashem and his Bezdin, but Hashem himself. But this is a second period. There's an earlier period also. Okay, and then the flows is in the Lodge. We see Samuel is a Shaka of Bina the Malchus. And Lost Lover, it's Shmainanim in the higher level of Gilma Bina Atma. Even the halachic, uh, the, the Kabbalistic geography, as it were, of what Adam Neflores actually means. I thank you for joining us in this journey. And 
the oid and the absolute iker is that we bezerche take us miyad to these galas and Mashiach and Hedo via menu. And I actually just want to conclude that we, we mentioned once in the earlier hardest, Rebbe said there that this idea of al yala alev, that even if a person knows cognitively, yeah, it's hardest 64, that even if a person knows cognitively, no, it's not hardest 64, that even if a person knows Beseichel, oh, it's 68. Even if a person knows Beseichel, that uh, Mashiach doesn't include miracles, but because of the great desire, right? That he's going to want, in other words, that, that there's an emotional attachment to Mashiach's coming, that the person's going to want that there should be miracles there. <laughs> and uh, you see in this whole sikha, there are pushes us in direction to the point or even the Rambam, who says not going to be any miracles, he too is expecting miracles. Just uh, putting that out there. Thank you again for joining this journey. We should be zeichet to this galas from Hayda Vimeinu.